0: Out of My Head. I'm your host, Paul Schoens. So, I'm sure you're wondering, what exactly is Out of My Head? That's a great question. Here's what I have in mind for this show. Every episode will have a single topic that I hope will be entertaining and and, and informative. Nothing's going to be off limits. One week I'll discuss comic books. Maybe the next week I'll spend the episode discussing something from my personal life. I want OMH to feel like we're just hanging out and shooting this shit over a couple of drinks. So feel free to send me suggestions for topics. I'll let you know where to send them at the end of the show. But let's get on to another pressing question. Why am I doing this? Well, it's not enough that, you know, I'm doing the Moon Knight Podcast or our flagship show Geek Pod. Well, I just think I have so much more to say. Ah, who the hell am I kidding, I just just love the sound of my own voice, I want to put it out there and talk about stuff that nobody else is really going to care about and stuff that there's just not enough meat to start an entire new podcast for. So this is going to be kind of my idea of what a podcast variety show would be like, but Let's jump into what this is going to be about. As you know, I'm into comic books, and that extends to all the comic book based movies, especially anything coming out of Marvel Studios. I'm a huge MCU fan, I've been a Marvel fanboy for years. Now, in full disclosure, I have spent some time with the quote-unquote distinguished competition as well. Especially all the cosmic-oriented stuff. But that's definitely a topic for a different episode. There's so much stuff there to go over, so... We'll just leave that sitting there for now. Today, though, and, you know, oddly enough, I want to tell you all about Ant-Man. As we know, as of this recording, July 15th, 2015... Ant-Man opens in two days. That is Marvel Studios' newest film starring Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas. Yes, Paul Rudd is an action hero. I'm interesting. No, I'm not interesting. (laughs) I'm interested to see how that's going to go down. And I assume I'm not the only one. I, I know there's some buzz about this movie. Everyone's thinking that it's going to be... Funny. I, I don't think it's gonna be a straight up comedy myself, but I think we're gonna be pleasantly surprised with it. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that this is gonna be this year's Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I don't think it's gonna make that kind of money, but I think it's gonna be the one that surprises the shit out of everybody. But I've been wrong before. This could fall flat, this could this could be another um, you know, man of steel but anyway so let's move on. W- what's the story with Ant-Man? What we've seen from the trailers kinda gives us the gist of who he is and what he can do. He's a ex-con with a heart of gold you know he loves his daughter and he gets handed this suit that can make him shrink down to microscopic size just about and he can supposedly communicate with insects. So what the hell is that all about? Well, I want to kind of give you a brief overview of Ant-Man's history. And that all started with Dr. Henry Pym, who in the movie is played by Michael Douglas. Henry Pym, or Hank to his friends and compatriots, first showed up in an issue of Tales to Astonish, issue 27 specifically, which came out in January of 1962. This story was more of a sci-fi horror concept that introduced us to Dr. Pym and his astonishing yeah, See what I did there? Chemical substance that they called, so eloquently, Pym Particles. These would allow the user to alter their size. Now they don't really get into it at this point, but it's not just about shrinking down but they can also be used to blow yourself up to ginormous size. Well, Dr. Pym was attacked in his lab by some filthy commie Russian spies. And, you know, the guy wanted to save his own ass, obviously. So he uses the pim Particles on himself and shrinks down and escapes. Long story short, he ends up inside an anthill. And before the end of this harrowing adventure, he. Regains his normal size and declares that this shit is way too dangerous and we can never, ever, ever, ever use it again. Or, you know, at least until his next appearance in Tales to Astonish number 35 in September of 62. Well, Hank decides he's going to use it again. Now, though, he puts on a pair of long underwear and a funky helmet. To become our costumed hero, Ant-Man. Now, this is just the beginning for Pim. He goes on to be a founding member of the Avengers. Doesn't matter what the movies tell you; he was there from the beginning. And he had a long—I don't really want to say illustrious—career, but we'll get into that. As a costumed adventurer, but he's gone through so many identity changes over the years that you kind of need a, a scorecard for it. He's been Giant Man, Goliath, Yellow Jacket, Dr. Pym, which he wore a rockin' red um, like overalls, coveralls thing for, and he's even been the Wasp for a little while, which that got a little weird. Now, Hank also is kind of a troubled, tragic character. He's got a history of mental problems and some major relationship issues that famously culminated with him slapping around his then-wife, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp. Now, if being a filthy wife-beater wasn't bad enough, Pym's also responsible for creating Ultron. Yeah, that name should sound familiar. I'll give you a second for that. That's right. Ultron, the big badge from the summer's Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron. I know, I know. All the movie folks out there are going, no, that was Stark and Banner. No. No, it wasn't. Knock it off. But let's move on. So, the star of the movie, Paul Rudd, is playing a character called Scott Lang. Scott Lang is the second person to take on the Ant-Man identity. But, originally, when we first get introduced to Scott, he is an employee of Tony Stark's. He, he's there to do electrical work. I believe he was installing a security system at an Avengers mansion because, you know, that's necessary. Now, that was in Avengers 181 from March of 79. It didn't take long from there, though, before scott lang was kind of forced to return to a life of crime you know you know he he was desperate to save the life of his little girl cassie she had a, a heart issue of some sort and there was one specific doctor apparently in the whole world that could save her um so you know he did what anyone would do and broke into Hank Pym's house and stole his Ant-Man suit and shrinking shrinking gas containers. So Scott, as Ant-Man, suits up and breaks into cross-technological enterprises and discovers that Sondheim, the doctor, Dr. Erica Sondheim, she's being held captive there to try and save CEO of Cross Technological Enterprises, Darren Cross. He also has a heart problem. He kidnaps her and basically says, you're going to fix this or I'm going to bust your head. Okay. So, Scott rescues the doctor and Sondheim is so grateful that she performs open heart surgery and saves Cassie's life. Hooray. Everybody's happy, except that Scott Lang is still a filthy thief. Now, Scott says he was planning to return the Ant-Man suit to Pym and turn himself over to the police for stealing it. But apparently, Pym was watching the drama unfold and offers to let Lang keep the suit on one condition. He has to use it to uphold the law and boom, Ant-Man 2 is reborn. Well, Ant-Man 2 is born, but the Ant-Man legacy carries on. Now, Scott's had quite a career as a hero as well. He's been a member of the Fantastic Four, the Future Foundation, the Avengers, I believe he was even a defender for a little while. Um, so he's been around and you know, he he's still ant-man to this day you know there was that whole time when he died and got better but he didn't really die he was time displaced it was a whole avengers thing if you want to check that out it's in the aftermath of avengers disassembled now his death in that was actually really cool so when they kind of retconned it out it kind of was shitty but you know things happen. But during that time that Scott was quote-unquote dead, that the Ant-Man legacy was tarnished, I mean carried on by a morally ambiguous S.H.I.E.L.D. agent named Eric O'Grady. Let me tell you about Eric O'Grady. Eric O'Grady is a low-level S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who kind of stumbled upon Pym's newest incarnation of the Ant-Man suit in the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters now this suit was a major departure from what it typically looked like it was way more armored and completely covered the face reminds me a lot of the current version of the spider-man villain the beetle you know but anyway O'Grady is a man of very few morals and very, very willing to lie, cheat, and steal, and manipulate in order to get ahead in life. O'Grady immediately stole the armor for his own selfish plans, which included using his status as a quote-unquote superhero to stalk women and facilitate his thievery. Yeah, really. This was our hero, folks. A pervy voyeur who liked to steal shit. Let that sink in for a second. Now, it seems like this version seemed to be geared more towards the Deadpool school of humorous heroics, but that seemed to change when O'Grady got brought into the whole Avengers Initiative, Thunderbolts, Secret Avengers era. Now, when he became a member of the Secret Avengers, he kind of went more of the side of the angels. He had more of a heroic side and that's when it was time for him to shuffle loose the mortal coil. Now, at this point O'Grady was seemingly killed by androids while being all heroic, but a life model decoy that's basically an advanced android built by S.H.I.E.L.D. was made with all of O'Grady's memories. this is a great idea, right? So, the LMD kind of gained sentience and renamed itself the Black Ant. Which, he kind of inverted the original Ant-Man costume so it was mostly black with some red markings. Looked really cool, but, I mean, they were definitely screaming, I'm a fucking bad guy on this one. And as the Black Ant... He turned on the Secret Avengers, you know, did the whole douchey thing, and he's, I'm not sure, I think he's still alive, he may be out there still, but he's definitely no Ant-Man. Now, this definitely made room for Scott Lang's return, and as I referenced earlier, he's the current Ant-Man, and it's the first time Ant-Man has actually had a solo series, which Unfortunately, that run is wrapping up now in the wake of Secret Wars, you know, just like everything's wrapping up. Now, because it's Scott Lang, this whole volume kind of centers around Scott trying to do his best to be a good father to Cassie who is now back from the dead, but that's a whole other story. He's gone so far as moving to Miami to follow Cassie and his ex-wife so he can start a new life there and be close to Cassie. He, he was trying to get his shit together and, you know, start a new chapter in his life in New York and that's when the ex decided, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and move the hell across the country to get her away from you and your craziness. And I can see her point. I mean, your daughter went into a life of heroics. Got Killed and then got brought back from the dead, and this all hinges around your ex husband who is a superhero and has trouble holding down a real job. Okay, yeah, I can see where you would want to get the fuck away from that, but you also see it from Scott's perspective. He loves his daughter more than anything you can see that within the first two issues. I mean even within the first issue. How much he loves her and the the passion just for being a dad. And this is where I really became a fan of the character and the run in general. The underlying theme just pulled at my heartstrings. It's all about what a guy will do to make his little girl happy, and that just resonates with me. Because as you know, I have little girls myself. I can totally see where Scott's coming from. It's a totally different vibe from anything else out there in the Cave and Cowl set. The writing's poignant and heartfelt, but still leaves room for fun, lighthearted moments. If you haven't checked out Nick Spencer's Ant-Man yet, do it. Seriously, do it. I cannot recommend this series enough. It wrapped up today, as I said, July 15th, 2015, with Ant-Man Annual 1, which I have not yet had a chance to sit down and read. But if it's been anything else other than phenomenal like the rest of the series, I'll be shocked. I don't know if there's much more I can say about Ant-Man. Um, He's kind of getting a resurgence in popularity, obviously because of this movie, and just hinging off of the modern incarnation of the character. I say, good on him, and it's well-deserved. But I think I've uh, said all I can say about Ant-Man. Now, I'd love to hear from you with any thoughts, criticisms, and suggestions for future topics. You can contact me via email at paul@geekpod.com. At That's g33kpod.com, or on Twitter where I'm at geekpod, and come join in the fun on Facebook where you can like the show at facebook.com/geekpod, or join the discussion on our fan page, Geekpod's Legion of Geeks. That's at facebook.com/groups/geekpodlegion. All of these links and more can be found at our website, www.geekpod.com, G33kpod.com. Thanks for hanging out with me on Out of My Head, and remember, once it's out of my head, I can never go back. See you next time. You ain't never known me before I'ma bring it, bring it I'ma give it, give it you don't love me like You You ain't loved nobody before